Oh, really? You stopped working out? I can't go to the gym. I have no gym. I got 20-pound dumbbells at home. Garbage. (laughs) Welcome to The Basketball Mood. This is a podcast about everything basketball. I'm Christian Urban with my brother Randy, and our third member of the team is Mike DiGiorgio. All right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Mike and Randy are here. Chris is working on something. He's going to try to join us. All right, first topic, Mike. Let's get right into it right away. The Hall of Fame class was announced a little while ago. Who stands out to you that should make it? I think the top, I think there's there's three guys, and then, you know, everybody else kind of, I think Bosch, Weber, and Paul Pierce are sort of there. Um, it lacks the, the superstar power that, that we've had in the past, but all three of those guys have been pretty good players in their own right, I think, and were instrumental in a lot of different ways um, for the NBA. You don't think Paul Pierce is a superstar? Like, I mean, for me, I, when I hear the name Paul Pierce, I'm like, that's an automatic, and I think everybody agrees with that, but you don't think he his name – uh, is part of that star power that you're thinking about or no? No, he's 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 the tier down from guys like KG, Duncan, Kobe, you know, those type of guys. Just, I don't you know, he was a, a middle... You, you think he's a tier down from Kevin Garnett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, his numbers are pretty, I think, str- pretty strong. Yeah, right? yeah, numbers, stats-wise, I think. I think just sort of impact, maybe. I think he's in. Like, I'm not disputing the fact that he's in. I just don't have him in the same tier as guys like, you know, of his era, KG, Duncan, um, Colby, even Vince. I think Vince had an impact that outside of basketball that was a little bit stronger than what Paul Pierce had. You know, I, I think like even just Vince got a lot more fanfare late mm-hmm. than Paul Pierce did. Mm-hmm. He was more popular, you know, outside of Boston. I'm not sure people love Paul Pierce, maybe in LA because that's where he's from. But like, how much did the casual fan like love Paul Pierce, you know? Does that matter in Hall of Fame? I think I think it does a little bit. Interesting. You know, people don't talk about his sort of comeback story in a way. Uh, they don't, you know, he was stabbed multiple times. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Almost died. And then he comes back and has the career that he has. I don't know that. I think because people think that he didn't really miss any time, they kind of undervalue the, the impact that may have had on his life and how he persevered to get to where he was. I mean, he had a... He's had a Hall of Fame career. He's averaged almost 20 points per game his entire career. He won a championship. He he was just a big shot maker too, right? Yeah, and, you know, and to get the nickname The Truth and, you know, people actually believe that. Like, yeah, yeah for sure, I think. Played till he was 39. I think I think he's in. Okay, I think so he's in for sure. All right. So, of the other names that are of interest, um, you know, they mentioned in this one article Fan favorite nominees, Chauncey Billups, Chris Webber, Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton. Of course, Ben Wallace, Hamilton, and Chauncey for, are part of that great Detroit team that ended up winning a final. Where do you see those guys? Yeah, I wouldn't go that low, to be honest. I don't think they're at that level. A lot of people have said that lately the, the Hall of Fame stuff has been watered down a tiny bit with just like guys who don't really deserve getting in, get in. And I'd like to keep it a little bit more exclusive than that. Like those guys are great role players and, and you know, had an effect on a great championship run um, and a great run for that Detroit team as a whole. 
but then like where do you draw the line you know like i don't want to see thousands of players in the in the hall of fame it it weakens it a little bit in my opinion like i want to see the best of the best in the hall of fame nine seasons rip hamilton averaged over 18 points per game that's a lot i know that's not a lot of points but that's a lot of consistency Right, he was. Yeah, like, he's consistent. Was he ever a superstar? Was he the main draw in the league? No, like, I don't. That stuff matters, yeah. I think. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. He's not. He's not a. He's not a bad player. Like he was a good player. Yeah, but I'm is it sure. Hall of Fame? Like is is he on par with the best players of all time? Okay. What about Chris Webber? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of Webber stuff um, is based on his potential, and the fact that he was the first. You know. He has Fab Five. Fab Five is is absolutely instrumental to basketball. Like that, that's a that's basketball history right there. Mm-hmm. Black socks, black shoes. You know that 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 thing. Like that's huge, right? Like nobody did that before them. C Web also signed one of the biggest contracts ever as a rookie, mm-hmm. and people didn't like that. You know, um, so there's there's other things other than just his play that I think he's greatly involved in that probably get him into the hall of fame. And, you know, they're, they're, they might be the best team who never won that mm-hmm. Sacramento era team. Mm-hmm. Well, Sacramento um, was a crazy place to play. Like, I just remember yeah. like you could not win in Sacramento when they had page. Yeah. Arco arena was just wild. Bibby. Bibby. It was after J. Will. It was after J. Will when they got Bibby. Yeah. And they had Peja. They had Christie. They had um, Weber. They had Divac. Yeah. They had yeah. Bobby Jackson off the bench. They had Turkaloo off the bench. They had Scott Pollard. They had they had they had a team. Maybe you could stop now. You just mentioned Scott Pollard. <laughs> well, he was the guy who guarded Shaq. He gave him six <laughs> fouls a game. That was that was uh, yeah. important. Yeah. But uh, okay, looking at his stats though, Chris Webber has to be in. You have eleven seasons of over twenty points per game. You have to be in the Hall of Fame. Like that just doesn't happen by being an average player. No, agreed. Agreed. I I, I think he should be in too. And and. He doesn't have the same all NBA uh, resume that other guys have, but that's because he played in the era with Duncan and KG who were automatic all NBA guys too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that matters when the, the contemporary, like Dirk was in his era, like that power forward class is stacked right in the era of like, those guys really took the power forward position and advanced it. So guys like Bosch could play the way he played. Mm-hmm. So Bosch then. Got to be in there, right? Yeah, I think Bosch is in for sure. Bosch is in for sure. He he might be the the best of all those three guys. You think just because he won a championship, though? That you, no, are you saying he Chris was so Bosch much more versatile? Than, better than Chris Webber. Chris Webber could pass, yeah. man. Yeah, he could. I don't know why they don't like Chris Webber as much as they should, but he had an Never all came around through. game. Never came through when they needed it. Hmm. But Bosch is Bosch on the defensive end really changed the way things worked he you know he, he moved down to the five when they needed it he extended his range to the three when they needed it he gave up a ton for the team you know to win yeah. in miami um you know he he sacrificed the most out of everyone and but i think the people who actually know like he was instrumental in what they did he was he was so important to their defense and that whole trapping get out and transition type yeah and I'm not comparing his career to like Rip Hamilton or Chauncey or whatever, but aren't you, don't you look at that sort of same argument and say, well, those guys were really instrumental in that Detroit team being, being good. Right. Like, yeah, but everybody they didn't have the same Bosch sacrifice. Like in those years, you know, in his first year or his, or his third year in Miami, he averaged 16 points per game. I know he's a career 19 points and, but 
They, you know, those other guys never had the years that Bosch had in Toronto. So Bosch mm-hmm. showed that he could do both things, mm-hmm. right? They never averaged 24 and 11 like mm-hmm. he did in Toronto. Yeah. You know, like that, that yeah, matters that his, too. So his best year, 24 and 11. Yeah, Bosch, Bosch, Bosch showed that he could do a bunch of different things and he was versatile enough that he could play a multitude of ways. Yeah. You know, he was on the all NBA team in 06, 07. Yeah. I think that matters. Did, did did Rip or Chauncey ever make an All NBA team? Ben Wallace? I don't think so. Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. I'll I'll figure Bye, it out. Figure it out. Okay, Chauncey three time All NBA. That's pretty big. Never as high as Bosch in a stacked position. I'd say Chauncey has the Finals MVP. Chauncey maybe has the best, um, the best argument. So he was a three time All NBA. What first team, second team, third team? So he has an all NBA second team yeah. in 2006 and then two third teams in 07 and 09. Um, okay. So at a lower level position, like, like there wasn't many, I'd say the point guard era hadn't started yet. The point guard era, he, he was the beginning of the point guard era. Bosch is an 11 time all-star. Mike, Chris is back. I'm not making back, any, baby. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> you just missed a good conversation about uh, the hall of fame. I'll, I'll, okay, real quick, rapid fire, Chris. Hall of Fame. Chris Bosch in, yes or no? Yes. Uh, Chauncey Billups? No. Rip Hamilton? No. Chris Bosch? Wait, did I say Chris Bosch? Yep. <laughs> Chris Weber? Yeah. Yes. Paul Pierce. Oh, Paul, Paul Pierce. Pierce. Paul Pierce, Chris, yes or no? Uh, yeah. Paul Pierce has to be in. We all agree on that. Yeah. 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 Pierce, Weber, Bosch are in to me. Billups has a case. All right. Uh, okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about um, was a foul that Semi Ojale committed against Donovan Mitchell last week. And what happened was um, Donovan Mitchell rose up for a three. Ojale closed out, got his foot underneath him, and he got called for a flagrant. And I was like, flagrant? And I thought the closeout was actually pretty good insofar as I don't think he meant to get that close. Uh, it definitely didn't look like a dirty play. It just... It just, you know, sometimes the shooter uh, falls a little forward when he shoots as well. So, you know, you're told to close out and play great defense and tough defense, and then sometimes you get a little close and it's a flagger foul. I don't know. What, what are your th- like? That's a new rule, Mike, or or is this a rule that's yeah? Been so for a while? this this year, anytime you get under, it's an automatic flagrant, um, which I kind of like because then then you don't have to try to judge whether it was intentional or not. Don't don't close out tight enough and hurt the guy. No, just don't but, just don't do it. But yeah. you have to get like you can't just give these guys open looks, right? And I'm not saying that's he, fine. No, I'm not saying he meant to, but but you can test with your arm, not your foot. <laughs> yeah, I know that, but it didn't look like his foot went even that much further than his arm. Does the offensive player? Is there any? like any role in how they have to play that way or like, cause there's some guys that shoot up straight up and down. There's some guys that land, you know, a, a six inches forward. There's some guys that shoot. Like I know when I shoot, I go up and to the right a little bit. Yeah. You, you just got to let the guy land. So you, you got to adjust. You have to adjust. You have to fly by, you have to contest and come down straight. You have to not just, just don't get into the guy because then the, the problem that you end up with, okay. Is, Let's say it's not an automatic flagrant. So then you close out tight and you can look at the ref and be like, oh, well, I didn't mean it, you know, and, and I didn't mean it. But the guy who gets injured for has to sit up for three weeks. Yeah. 
but you didn't mean it, so it's all good. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're trying to take that out of the game. Yep. Now, if you if you want to if you want to rail on a, the rules a little bit, why is that a flagrant and sliding under a guy as he's going up for a dunk or layup to get a charge call? Why is that not a flagrant? You can say be, that, right? Because that can a be a dangerous sense. play, right? Especially that if makes a lot of sense too. Especially if they've left the like left the ground already. Agreed. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. That should, so there's, be, an, there's that this, should be an automatic uh, fragrant. No, well, they should just take block charge out, to be honest. What do you or, mean take or block increase, charge Really? Increase the size of the restricted area. You know, guys slide under so often, and they're just really good at getting both feet out of that little circle. Like, yeah. make the circle bigger. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I, I only, honestly, when I played, I honestly hated when I committed charges because i felt like i'd done such a great job to get into the spot that i wanted to get to beat my man and then to have the play kind of blow up like that and i know that's you know strategy and all that kind of stuff but it seemed like there was too much authority given to the defensive player in that position yeah and and you look at things on replay and you still can't tell what's what like you can't tell in real real time if a guy is set or not Mm -hmm. very 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 rarely can you Mm -hmm. you know yeah, I'd like to see the, the restricted area way bigger. Um, and then guys will just stop, you know, sliding under people. Yeah. Like they'll just stop because it'll automatically be a block every time. And there's no, the, the judgment call is out at that point, mm-hmm. which I like, That's you know, cool. you got to make things very black and white so that they don't need to go to, you know, replay a hundred times. And, you know, I don't like that. That's I, I just That's like, a great point. I like simple calls that are like this is a foul this is not a foul done mm-hmm. mike i think you just you might be onto yeah. something there with the rule change less injuries yeah, yeah. they've talked about it they've talked about it but it, it puts the defense at a disadvantage where do you want the point. restricted area out to the free throw line <laughs> no it almost should be like a box in the key yeah. like in not a circle like make it a box at the top of the at the top of the from the top of the block yeah. down to the baseline. Hmm. Like you can't take a charge in there in the, inside that key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever, going back to the, uh, the stuck your foot under, have you ever done that foul? Like committed that foul accidentally? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> Honestly, I can't. Yeah, but I had it happen to me. The first play my first year oh, at Carlton. that's right. Literally the first play of the game, I shot it and the guy, and the guy Bruce Bowen me and then I was out for... The rest of the game, and you know who had to step in there in the lion's den, Randy me. Urban. <laughs> that, was, I, that was when Carlton was well. They've been at the height for a while, but like they, you know, were undefeated. We're in Carlton. Mike gets injured. I get thrown in there. Yo, that wasn't my and best then, game. And I'll then they say. question the U of T weight room policy. <laughs> I played. And I played twenty seconds that game. I think because I was shooting of a end of shot clock three. <laughs> that's a, that's when someone yelled. You have to have a weight room. <laughs> Actually, I'll say the first time I ever met Bobby Webster, the Raptors GM, was a mega name CD. call, name drop. It's name oh, drop. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll edit that. <laughs> name call. Name call. I've been staring at a screen for the last two hours. <laughs> name call. No, I uh, I was playing Mega City, and this was he was an assistant GM at the time, I think, and I didn't really even. I hadn't followed the assistant GM hirings of the Toronto Raptors at that point. You know, I was, I, I don't know, oh, I yeah. just wasn't really aware of who this guy was. And 
he comes in and he's playing for for a team in Mega City. He just joined one of the squads, and I'm like, they said somebody said, oh, one of the Raptors executives are there. I'm like, who? I'm like that guy. I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't I didn't really care. And then I closed out on him. He was like giving it to us because he could play, but he was like, he was putting up buckets in that game. And I closed out on him, and he landed on my foot, and that was the end of that game for him. <laughs> I felt so That's bad. Crazy. <laughs> so that was my first encounter with GM. Now GM Bobby Webster was uh, I Bruce Bowen him in a Mega City game. I think they ended up still beating us. But did I they kick you go. out of the game for that? No, no. I I still I apologize. Like it was completely unintentional. It's not something I'd ever done before either. But I don't know. I, we got to get him back. On. We'll have to get him on the show to see if he can uh, corroborate my story and see if he thought I was dirty. Who had more points that game, you or him? Ooh, that's a good question. I think he <laughs> actually I think he had more points until he got injured. And then I finished with more at the end of the game. <laughs> Obviously, because I played more. It's, <laughs> it's crazy how that little uh like impulse can um you know to close out can just lead to so many injuries. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, you weren't that excited about that story. I thought it was pretty funny. No. I <laughs> heard it before um but uh mike what do you think about like the closing out in the nba i just have a question about that because i often like my first impulse is why are you jumping right past him when all you have to do is just close out and just box out because so t- so often these guys just sort of like wait step to the side and take an open three like don't you think they're it's trying just to run them to off the line out? they're trying to run them off the three-point line yeah so a, a simple closeout nowadays probably isn't good enough, I'd say, um, at that level. Like, it's not good enough to, to give up a, a slightly contested three. You have to be able to get them off the line. So you have to fly by and hope that somebody that buys enough time for another guy to come over and, and to now contest. take him off, the, off that three. Okay. And, and basically, the goal is to make him shoot a two, or if he's going to shot fake, step through, you know, dribble sideways or whatever. Now you're forcing him to take a dribble, which decreases the field goal percentage of a shot. Like the best shot you can take is a catch and shoot three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so not for me. Yeah, that, that's that's basically what they're trying to do. Do you teach that mm-hmm. at your level, Mike? At uh, at the college game, the university? No, level? because guys don't shoot it well enough. Yeah. Like there, there's certain guys in the NBA that you don't run off the line that you just that you just close out right. straight to. You know, the, the guys who don't shoot a high enough percentage. So in this group of podcasters, uh, you would run Chris off the line. You would run me off the line. And for you, you just close out. <laughs> probably. You <laughs> probably wouldn't even Mike. close me out. But Mike, oftentimes, like, the, when the guy... funny. Laugh. Yeah, What's wrong? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> oh, oftentimes, man. The, when guy. the guy, like, jumps to sort of, like, get the guy off the, the line... He doesn't even have to move or sidestep. He just shoots it anyway because the guy's momentum is taking him so far behind that there's no real yeah. worry of a block from behind. So and like, extra seconds, extra second of hesitation. I guess so. Yeah, it just seems okay. Well, too too often, I think they fly too far out of the play. Yeah. Right, and they yeah. cre- it creates a disadvantage. But a lot of those guys are not. They're shooting it when they're in that position. So that that extensive closeout, like if Boucher's flying at you, it does throw you off a little bit because yeah. a lot of those guys yeah. aren't putting it on the ba- on the floor to get by you. They are just going to fire it. They know you're yeah. not going to block it, but... yeah. It's... So maybe those are just bad 
Like, I think you have to know when to close out and when to, like, yeah. flail yeah. back. Yeah, no, there's definitely, right, Mike, there's definitely yeah. a, a decision there about there how is. you how It's you who it is. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also how you fly by, too, right? Like, oh, are yeah. you, you know. Yeah, that that's, a lot of it is instinctive, though. Like, how fast are you moving? Like, it's hard, right? It's hard to, like, like, we can watch it after and be like, oh, that was a bad closeout, you know. So, Mike, oftentimes when there's a closeout on a three, that shooter's leg is always sort of drifting because they're so aware that they can get a foul, an easy foul. How do you how do you get rid of that tendency? Don't call it a foul. Yeah, it's the okay. only way to do it. You right. can't call it a foul, like or call it offensive. Like it, the problem is you can't penalize the offense for doing it if the referee is going to give them a foul call. Right, right. Because if they are, but then it, that's part of then then you just that's it's a foul. Then go to the line and you make your shots. You know. There's a lot of plays, actually. It's funny you bring that up because I saw that the other day and I can't remember specifically who it was. But there are so many of these plays that I, I just, I wish, I just want more no calls. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that leg flare can even lead to an injury, too. It all, yeah. He could sure. actually hurt himself by doing that. Yeah. You know, puts himself off balance. Yeah. There are people that say the offensive player shouldn't do it, but if they're going to get free throws for it, then why shouldn't they do it? Right. Yeah. Like that's, it's not up to them to take it out of their game. It's up to the referees to take it out of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, you see that with Trey Young's game too, where he's constantly trying to draw, you know, reaching fouls or bumping fouls when he's going north yeah. south. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, just don't call it. It's simple, right. but they want the offense. They like the offense. And I know you do too. Um, yeah. But like some of it, if, if it's good defense and you foul the guy, right because he stops and you come underneath him like it's still a foul you can play good defense and still a foul and he can search for that foul Mm -hmm. but it's still a foul if you come underneath him but if he jumps backwards into you then i would say it's not a foul because Mm -hmm. you're not the one who initiated the contact Mm -hmm. right so there's a fine line there and it's going to take some work i think for everybody to get used to it yeah a pet peeve of mine is is that three-point shooter waiting and pausing and letting that guy sort of come. And then he goes in a little to attract the foul. I mean, they're so That's like, fine. yeah, but they're, they're, con- they're manipulating the, the play though, by, by moving into the contact when maybe that guy is actually closing out pretty well and he's going to s- slide by without touching him. But that shooter sort of edges in. I, I don't know why who That's gets not their first though. Well, who gets there first? Th- this is, I've actually wanted to ask some refs or, or people this question because sometimes the guy's driving right and the defender is going down his own plane a straight plane and the you know you see this with the guards a lot and i did this a lot you you take your step into the defender right and they get called yeah. for a foul but they're just really going down a lot of times they're playing you know look if they're leaning towards you and that's a lot of times it's yeah. foul but there are so yeah. many times too they're backing up that they're either backing up you. or going down a straight plane and it's the offensive player that's initiating the contact. Why are they always getting the call? It depends where, in my opinion, it depends who's ahead and who gets there first. Yeah. Right? So, like, if your shoulders get ahead of the defender, then it should be a foul every time okay. because you're ahead of the guy. So now that's your space. It's not his space anymore. Even if he's moving straight, you took away his space, and that's what offensive players are trying to do, right? If, if his shoulders are ahead of yours and you lean in, then I don't think it should be a call because that's his space now. He's beat you to that spot. Mm-hmm. So it's all about sort of leverage and, and who's 
where gained, gained an advantage, like a, yes. a small advantage at that point. Yeah. Okay. Give me who, like what, what's right here. Okay. A guy behind the three point line gets the ball. He sees a, a defender about to fly by. All right. And then he waits till he's in the air. He doesn't move. The shooter doesn't move. The guy's in the air. And then the shooter sees, okay, wait a minute. I can lean forward and then shoot. How is that a foul on the defender if the shooter is waiting to see and assess where the guy is in the air before he actually... And then then initiating that contact? Yeah, yeah. Why is... I think if he's coming in directly at you, you can lean forward. Even still, I don't love that. Sure, but you see the leaning into the side. If they shift to the side, I don't think that's a foul on the defender. They call that on the Yeah, but they call it that way because they they call it the same every every time. So what they're trying to do is take away any subjectivity, right? The defense played bad defense by getting in the air before the offense. If that's the case, then it's bad defense. But but Mike, you're allowed to fly by without fouling a guy. This is the thing. There's a flyby, but then the shooter is moving into that jump. They shouldn't be moving to the side into a jump and then... The f- yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, are you saying they're allowed, allowed to just, like, I'm allowed to go like this or I could shot fake the guys in the air and then kind of go like this, shift to my left and shoot it? And f- if the guy's in the air first, yeah. Oh, that in the NBA. What? That's what they call it. They call it every time. That's how, like that's that. how they call it. That, that doesn't, yeah. yeah. I don't like that. Don't like it. No. I don't like it one bit. I'm what they're ra- trying to do is take away the subjectivity. If you jump while before the other guy, right? So if you fall for a shot fake, that's bad defense. Yeah, and if all- he jumps into you, it's a foul. But it's also like we know what natural shooting position is and natural shooting but- motion is just based on having watched millions of shots if you're an NBA ref. But if you, you- should know that he doesn't shoot. But you're drifting to his left. But if you're about right, to chase a guy off the three-point line for a flyby jump, you're sh- you're automatically jumping before the shot. Yeah, that that is allowed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, you, like, there's a, there's a really fine line. Like, I'm not saying it should be a call, but what I'm saying is they call it the same every time to take yeah. away subjectivity from it. Yeah, I don't like when the guys jump left and right. I don't. Mm-hmm. If the guy is, I I have no problem with jumping forward. Because I think the guy's going to run into you anyways. Right. So you're just you're just making it uh, you're just making it known that he's going to land on top of you. But if you can shot fake a guy into the air, I have no problem with you jumping in and getting a, a foul. Yeah, as long as it's forward. Yes. Yeah. The left and right is is a little bit dicey. Yeah. Um, there was one in the Raptor game last night where the guy just shoved his arms all the way over to the side to get a foul call. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. No. You know. But this is where the subjectivity makes it really tough, you know? Like, how do you call it sometimes and not other times because you deemed, you know, it's the same as the rip-through, right? The rip-through is no shots now for yeah. every time. To me, like when a shooter goes still. up to shoot, right, and then they see the guy and like, okay, I'm going to throw my, my, my support arm out or whatever to, to just add that contact. So they're not moving to the side. They're moving their arm to the side. To me, that's like you got to... Well, didn't like, we already what do you agree call that, that was not a foul? Or that shouldn't be a foul? Every every play is going to be different in my mind. Like, it's hard to generalize it, mm-hmm. I'd say. Like, how, like, if you're close enough to hit a guy's arm because you, he does, he puts it out to the side rather than going straight up, like, then it should be a foul. You're close enough to the guy I, that he's not really changing much. But that's, oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with to that. To me, I think if they're starting to call flops right now, they should start looking at the shooter and how they initiate contact, you know, uh, laterally. Because you know, Mike, Mike, it's, it's if, the same arena. If, if to the me. block charge is so is so, you know, can go either way. So 50-50. fifty. 
and you can clearly see somebody sticking out the doing a little chicken wing to cause the contact I, I think you have to call that as strictly as as the other ones right like i don't know Maybe. it's it's, uh, it's like draymond and or or get or um you know sticking out his leg and stuff and they don't know or like they know what they're doing with their body right yeah and, yes. and you have to you can re- you should be able to reward the guy that's flying by just outside of the plane of a shot right that's good that's what he's trying to do but he, he shouldn't be jumping before the other guy jumps he shouldn't be jumping before the other guy yeah well, if the guy shot fakes him if the yeah. guy shot fakes him and you jump that's bad defense yeah. so you can't get rewarded for bad defense just because you're flying by yeah well, but you are allowed to fly by, Mike. You're allowed to chase the guy off the three. Like we're getting to yeah, that. But then you would have two. more. Con- you would have. You wouldn't be in the air. You'd be running by him. But they're no, always, no. They're, they're always, always in the jumping. air, though. They're always jumping before the shots off because they're jumping from so far away. You know. Yeah, they- but you, in that in that scenario, you'd be able to like almost get out of his way a little bit. I guess yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. there's so many so, like specifics. So I, the, the problem, you know? yeah, the problem this all comes down to is the fact that. Everybody's looking for an edge, mm-hmm. no matter what. They're looking for an edge, even if it's breaking the rules or what. Yeah, I, I do, because it's leading to all this stuff. And I just wish that people would just want to win the right way yeah, every know. single I, moment. I mean, I think you got to look that's for That's asking too much, I, think I know. you got to but... look for ways to, to get that edge. I think that that's... No, you know... I know, but not, not cheating the system. No, that's I don't what well, I mean. Then, then again, that's up, to the, that's up to the refs. That's up to the, the league, yeah. right? I know that if I had a league and... <laughs> and okay. everybody in the league played according to my thing. It'd be really boring. <laughs> Chris, 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 be a league. Have a league where it's like, and I fouled you, man. No, no, you didn't. You didn't foul me. No, no, I actually, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I got you. You get yeah. it. No, I don't want the ball. You take it. And there'd be no possession. Yeah, it's just, the opposite of it's the opposite of like pick up pick up arguing. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm just talking. I know I'm a bit you're, of a rare. You're like, I'm a rare person in the sense that I want to win according to the uh, the rules. You know, I don't want to bend the rules in any way because to me that's that's cheating. I know I have stupidly high standards with this, but it's only it's only fouls only exist because they're called. Like a foul doesn't exist unless it's called, right? Like you don't win unless you have an advantage. You create an advantage. Yeah, but but working on your skills creates the advantage, right? But no, and sometimes no, you just can have to admit that, you are. that that guy's faster than me. So, you know, that's just me. And I'm going to have to figure out well, another way the, the within bot, the rules. The the, Nobody thinks like that. Well, because the, the defensive player is like, this is my, this is my livelihood too. I got to try yeah. to stay yeah. in the No, league. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, sure. But like. Winning is the goal. Doing the right thing is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's end the podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, am I wrong with that? For all the kids <laughs> out there. <laughs> This has been an Industry Valley Pictures production. 